I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to the Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash... Wait, no, I'm not Inyash Rodsky. He bailed on us because he is, quote-unquote, in Europe and, quote-unquote, very tired. Um, those Neither of those things are quotes. Uh, I'm just assuming he's on drugs. <laughs> that is also a possibility. Anyway, I'm <laughs> David. Uh, and, and and as uh, David so uh, uh, eloquently informed everyone, uh, we have no Eniash today. Um, and Eniash put several things on the outline for our episode. Um, so David has been put in charge of those stories. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, probably not great because one of these stories doesn't have a hyperlink. Um, incorrect. It is going to be awesome. Yeah, it, I mean, it is the mind killer, so. Right? The best podcast on the internet, every episode is the best episode. Except episode 69, which is the actual best episode. <laughs> Correct. All right. Uh, this episode is not episode 69. This is episode 73. We're recording on January 2nd, 2023. Happy New Year observed, everybody. Indeed. In very deed. Uh, we have no uh, no good feedback from our last episode. I blame you, audience. Yeah bunch of slackers <laughs> we don't even have a, a, anyone was wrong to talk about um let's just pretend eniash was wrong about something eniash you dumbass yeah be be less wrong next time that's the the name of the thing yes <laughs> all right with that out of the way on to the new news um first news story is that uh california court has declared that anything good violates CEQA, which is an acronym for a law that I don't remember what it stands for, but it's basically their environmental law. Um, this is just one court. It's a intermediate appellate court, so it's not the, uh, the final say on it, so hopefully the Supreme Court overturns this. Um, and this is, this is actually not um, a final decision yet either. So hopefully this gets, this gets changed. But this is a very worrying decision if it stands. Uh, yeah. Because so, so he's burying the lead here, or at least you listeners probably think he is. When he says they declared anything good violates CEQA, he's literally not joking or being yeah. facetious. Yeah, that's not hyperbole. That's what they're claiming. Yes, because the the argument I believe is anything good makes people want to come to an area even if they can't afford to. And when people do that, they become homeless and homeless people are an environmental violation. Yeah, oh, I think it's just like if you do something good it raises property values. And everyone knows property values are correlated with homelessness. So before you do anything good, you have to like come up with a plan for how you're going to deal with the resulting homelessness, which is insane. Yes. Um, it's basically saying, like, you're not allowed to do anything that could possibly have a good outcome unless you do, like, a, you know, millions of An dollars in studies. environmental impact study, yes. Yeah. California likes those for some reason. But, like, not just a study. Then you have to, like, come up with a mitigation plan that a court's going to buy. It's – so it's like <laughs> California it already – um, you know, I don't actually don't think we talk about this law that much. I think we mention it every now and again, but it basically already stops most construction in California because it lets local NIMBYs sue for like really speculative environmental 
impacts and demand studies and slow everything down and make everything cost too much. So developers just give up. Um, and this would just make it like 10 times as bad because it would it would allow anyone to stop any project. And since California is full of NIMBYs, every project would be stopped. Yep. Um, I think someday they, they have to like do something about this law. They, they can't. They can't keep things the way they are. I have gone bust too many times saying California can't keep being stupid uh, for me to sign off on that statement, but I hope you're right. Well, see, my my assumption is that they're just going to, like, be as stupid as possible to, like, keep, uh, a, you know, a slight growth rate in their economy. Um but this is, like, over that line. So they're going to have to make it, like, slightly less stupid, but still very stupid. That's my bet. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what happens when they finally go negative. Um, uh, negative growth rate, that is. Uh, they yeah, probably elect a Republican governor again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who doesn't solve any of the problems. Probably not. But, you know, it might change some things because that's what, you know, Republicans think all everything democrats does is bad and that's everything in california so they'll probably like mess around with some stuff at random which in california will probably have a good outcome the sad thing is you're probably right (laughs) yeah i don't know i i have trouble getting too worked up about this because just my base expectations for california are so low that uh them literally making good things illegal is just like okay yeah i i guess it's 2023 and we're doing this the problem is california what is it like the fifth biggest economy in the world i it seems a little high but not by much it's I'm pretty it's sure it's in the single digits yeah it's um so it's like you know a lot of the us economy is kind of dependent on california and if California, you know, actually got its shit together, um, it, it's proven pretty good at exporting its policies to the rest of the country. So, like, if it would, like, do some good stuff, maybe that could help everyone. Is it that good at exporting its policies? It's good at it's exporting, good at exporting its them to New York. But, like, a lot of the stupid California laws have been there for, you know, a good minute. And the rest of the country hasn't gone completely to shit, so... Yeah, that's true. But there's a lot of, um... I'm, I'm, I'm mostly thinking that way because legal decisions that come out of California have a way of getting followed by non-California courts. Um, but they could serve as a good example if they, you know, wanted oh, you to. Are, you but are they... certainly more qualified to uh, evaluate that than I am, so I'll take your word for it. All right, good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> All right, next story. So there's a guy named George Santos who was elected to the House of Representatives. I already hate him. In like a, a district in, in New York State. Getting worse. Uh, um, Republican. And after, like, the, the past couple of weeks, the, the New York Times looked into this guy and found that he lied about basically everything. It, Checks out. He, so he claimed he worked at Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. He didn't. He said he graduated from something called Baruch College, which I'd never even heard of. But Does it called, even exist? It exists, but they called him up and they're like, we don't have any record of this guy. 
Uh, he claimed he owned a tax-exempt animal rescue, which, from the sound of it, was just a tax shelter that didn't do anything and was not actually tax-exempt. Uh, he claimed... This is, this is, like, weird stuff. He claimed that he lost four employees at the Pulse nightclub shooting, which, nope, nobody can even verify that he even had employees in any business he owned. Um, and, like, he has a business and nobody can figure out what it does. It's just, it seems like it's just a shell company. But he goes out and, and talks about all this shit that, that he does for a living, and it, it sounds like he doesn't do any of it. Um, he definitely didn't have any employees lost at the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, he claimed he claimed he's had f- he lost family in the Holocaust. He didn't, and he claims to own thirteen rental properties. And it it sounds like he doesn't own any. And it's like, do, do you remember? So do you remember um the the Astral Codex Ten? I think it was about bounded distrust. Yeah, where you kind of like expect certain sources to lie about certain things, but to mostly tell the truth. Yeah. Um, on factual matters. So that's what that's kind of what I expect on politicians. There's certain things I expect them to lie about, like, you know, they might uh, uh, fudge some numbers sometimes. Usually they're using like some numbers from a bullshit study um, that aren't accurate. But like somebody said it, you know, this is a a level of lying that is just uh, I do do not expect. Yeah, I mean, so on the one hand, you're not wrong. But on the other hand, like. It's one of those things that it's surprising, but it's not that surprising. See, like, pretty, what's like, surprising to me is that nobody figured this out before the election. Yeah, like, that New York is Times, surprising. What are you doing? How, why, are you, why are you doing this whole in-depth study now? It's too late now. He's already yeah. in, the, in the Congress. Yeah, it is a little day later, dollar short there. Right? But, like, half the reason... I don't ever want to run for office, as I figure people will just, like, Google me and then be like, oh, well, let's talk about every bad thing you ever did. Or, like, listen through these podcasts and pull out a bunch of stuff and make me answer for it. I don't want to do that. Heavens I mean, forfend. Although, if they're not going to do that, well, you know, I look forward to your 2024 presidential bid. Right? It sounds like I could just run for Congress and nobody's going to look into shit. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I should be clear. That's like 10% of why I don't want to run for office. The other 90% is meetings. <laughs> this this podcast recording is already like so painful to me to have to like schedule and attend. Um, I guess it's extra painful for Eniash since I'm actually doing it. Gee, um, I love you too, Wes. <laughs> not that I, I enjoy it while I'm here. It's just I have to like schedule it and then show up. It's mm. horrible. And politics, you know, if you're a politician, that's all you do. And it's yeah. not fun stuff like this. It's stuff that that sucks. Ugh, never. I had a friend I try agree. to get me to run for office one time. I was like, no, too many meetings. <laughs> well, I guess that means we're totally dependent on Inyash if we want to get into Congress. Yeah, but so if anyone wants to run for Congress, uh, turns out they just, they just don't look into anything you say or look into your past at all. So, um, you know, if you're worried about, you know, something coming out, don't worry about it. It'll, or, or at least not before the election. You know, I went to, uh, one of Inyash's, uh, less wrong meetups and random person there just turned out to be a Colorado state senator. No kidding. Yeah, she was pretty cool. Um, that's, I, that's pretty sweet. She asked the group at large for, um, 
uh, suggestions about what sort of bill she can propose, because they have a rule where, like, everyone gets, uh, I think it's five bills that are guaranteed to get voted on. And I gave what I thought were serious answers and got laughed at. <laughs> oh, because they were probably all anarchist suggestions. Um, they were like, let's not have this be illegal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the one that I distinctly remember she laughed at was uh, repealing the standard capacity magazine ban. Hmm. Remember when people used to laugh when uh, politicians would be like, "Well, maybe we should legalize marijuana." I do. I, I, I don't. I think it was like in two thousand. One of the <laughs> uh, like it was in some Democratic debate. Somebody suggested that, and like everyone else on stage laughed. And they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, pothead. Let's uh, let's talk about serious policy now." <laughs> It's like, well, uh, things change, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, they haven't legalized it yet. Yeah. Um, my friend Elizabeth was a, a state senator in New Hampshire. Um, she went up there with the whole uh, libertarian renaissance that was supposed to happen. Uh, she was recently featured on some po- it was I think it was Spencer Green- Green- Greenberg's podcast. So that was cool. I, I uh, recommend that. It was a, it was a good interview. Neat. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, super weird that this dude just, like, completely fabricated his entire resume and then got elected. Like, where, who did he run against that couldn't have figured this out? Like, who, who, what are people doing with all these campaign money? I, I mean, it's New York state politics, so I assume the answer involves white powder and, um, (laughs) and, uh, young ladies. Or boys, let's not uh, be sexist about it. Technically homophobic, but yes, that's also an option. All right. Well, speaking of New York state politics, New York recently passed a law that um, had a lot of people excited, like, right up until the this past week, uh, which was their right to repair law, which, if you haven't heard of those, it's basically laws saying that manufacturers have to, like, make parts and manuals and diagnostics available to consumers who want to repair their technology uh because what a lot of manufacturers do is they just sell the you know the final product and then like one little thing inside it breaks and they're like oh oh well better buy a new one um david i assume you're against these laws in general Eh, so i'm generally against laws but as laws go these ones aren't terrible uh, I'm generally in favor of people doing stuff uh, right. rather than buying stuff. Um, so, so on your list of shitty laws, this is like near the bottom. It's like 25% of the way there. Okay. Um, well, this one got a lot shittier in the past week uh, <laughs> since they added a bunch of a bunch of exceptions into it, which this every time I get excited about a law, this is what happens. <laughs> They're like, we passed the law, except there's there's a hundred exceptions, so actually the law has no effect. That's why I've stopped getting excited about new laws. Uh, that's, you know, I've done the same thing, and it's probably your fault. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, this one has exceptions for appliances, because who would need to repair an, an appliance, right? Um, it has exceptions for motor vehicles, because who, who would ever need to repair a car? That's like the entire thing. Yeah, that's like the or example of things that you should have right to repair laws for. 
Yes. Uh, there's whole like a whole industry dedicated to repairing them. Um, also appliances. <laughs> there's an industry for repairing them too. Um, so they accepted those two. They accepted medical devices, which I, you know, that makes some sense to me since you don't want people like messing around with medical devices. But it's such a broad category that like it seems. I'm sure this is in practice. This will be dumb. Yeah, I put it this way. I read the recent ish marginal revolution piece about the regulation of medical devices and this is so far down the list of medical device related regulation that i need to get angry about that i have no energy left for it my favorite is the app that was the medical device i think Uh, that was an astral codex 10 article too um which was like it's just like a therapy app yeah, it but it's like a medical a sleep device therapy thing. Yeah, and it's like it costs like a hundred thousand dollars a year or something. Yeah, but insurance will pay for it because it's approved by the FDA. God, I love America. Yeah, um, and there's also an exception for off-road equipment. I guess it's like basically the same thing as motor vehicles. Uh, stuff that needs repair all the time. The other thing is it allows manufacturers to sell assemblies instead of individual parts. Uh, so... What is that, like a parts kit? No, it's like a, it's like a package of parts. Like if you're... Okay, so it's um, a parts kit. Well, I think it's pre-assembled. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Like, like your CPU is an assembly, or your CPU is a part, your motherboard with the CPU in it is an assembly. Okay. So if you say, I needed a CPU, they can say, like, oh, well, we won't sell you the CPU. Here, we'll say, sell you this whole new motherboard. Um, but, you know, so they can... But, like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like they have enough limits on, like, what an assembly is. So they can be like, oh, well, you want to repair this thing? Sure. We'll just sell you half the thing. So you have to buy half yeah. of it instead here's of the one a, part you need. Here's a car. You need to put the headrests in on your own. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, I'm sorry. You need a new alternator? Well, here. Here's a new engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be $30,000. And it doesn't require them to give you access codes to bypass security features. So they could just put in security features that, like, you know, ruin the, like, like disallow you to repair anything. And then refuse to tell you how to get around them. Uh, So basically anyone who wants to design something that can't be repaired can definitely do it under this law. So it's probably going to have no effect at all which is why it's in regular news and not happy news well good job new york state legislature this is yeah. the level of quality i expect from you Woo. all right now we get into the stories eniash put on the, the outline um here's one that says a bunch of standard cell lines are the wrong cells david what's that about yeah so basically they're are a handful of cancer cell lines um, that are used for a lot of cancer research because they um, it's fairly rare to find cancers that'll actually grow in um, in petri dishes. So whenever um, oncologists find one, they like make sure to get samples and so they can sell it to the rest of the world. Um, I think there was a movie about Henrietta Lacks, the uh, first patient who was found to have one of these cancers that grow in culture. Um, 
I didn't watch it. I heard it was good by <laughs> some, from some people whose opinions I don't really trust. So, anyway, um, uh, turns out when you take some of these cancer cells and you put them in culture with other cancer cells that are also uh, that also grow in culture but are more virulent than the original ones. Uh, the more virulent cancer will eat the less virulent one. And I guess virulent isn't exactly the right technical term because it specifically applies to viruses, I think. But you know what I mean. Anyway, a lot of these... Uh... Alright, we're just teeing up a David is wrong here. Yeah. But it's not his um... fault. So listeners, please give us your corrections. Yes. It's all you need is his fault. Yeah. Uh, so... All of these cancers, or so some of these cancers have, in fact, been so contaminated, and so there are some cancers in research labs that we think are like cervical cancer, but they're actually completely different kinds of cancer. Um, In particular, uh, looks like a bunch of the Henrietta Lacks samples have been contaminated with a thyroid cancer, so that sounds bad. Um... Yeah, but those cancers are different. Who, those are not the same cancer. Yeah. They should yeah, they they probably respond to treatments differently. Probably. But yeah, the person who's uh, actually, you know, ready and prepared to discuss the implications of this is asleep, so... On drugs. Yeah. All right. Well, next story, this is the one without a link. It says, Japan strengthening its military, doubling spending to 2% of GDP in line with NATO spending. Highlight is counter-strike capability that allows Japan to hit enemy bases with longer-range standoff missiles. Um, this sounds fine to me. Yeah. Uh, Japan, you know, had had historically didn't have a, a military because of World War II, and we were like, no military. Well, it still doesn't have a military. It has a self-defense force. Sure. And sure, that self-defense force has, like, the world's third strongest navy, but, you know, it's self-defense, so it's fine. Yeah, that's what we have, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like Japan is uh, mostly on our team now, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, it's, Europe's doing the same thing, you know, since Russia decided to be complete a-holes. Um, I think everyone's kind of like, oh, shit, we should probably have some military capability. (laughs) Say it ain't so. Um, Japan, probably more worried about China than Russia, but... Probably. I I don't Uh, know. They might be worried about an invasion from Yakutsk. Oh, I know where that is because of risk. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's the one by Japan. Right next to Irkutsk. Um, but yeah, I'm generally in favor of other countries, you know shouldering some of this uh, whole international peace responsibility. You know, not too much. But probably best that America stays the big dog. But, you know, they can... 2% of GDP sounds fine. Not threatening to us, but threatening to, you know, other other nations. Which is what we want. Yeah. All right, well, that's it yeah, for the new news. Yeah, this seems fine. Yeah. So that's it for the new news. Uh, it was pretty short on the new news this week. Uh, mostly because it's the day after New Year's, and... Everyone in the world takes the last two weeks of uh, December off. Including just really phones us. It in. No, not us. We scoured the you know the internet for you know newsworthy things, and that's all there was. That's all that happened. Except you know international stuff, which we don't care about. Sure, let's go with that. Definitely. Also, we were missing like a third of our energy. There was a uh, weather events 
in parts of the country that happened. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that later. All right. It's related well, to the human interest happy news that Inyash put in before he bounced. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, that brings us to happy news. Good news, everyone. Yay. David, you have to cheer twice as loud. Yay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Judging David. by the waveform, that was, in fact, approximately twice as loud. All right. Good. All right. What is our first bit of happy news? So our first bit of happy news is one that Inyash would have loved. Too bad he's not here. All right, uh, I'll play Inyash for this one. Okay. Uh, so the Colorado governor recently signed into law a bill uh, decriminalizing DMT, psilocybin, mescaline, and ibogaine. Uh, All right. What's ibogaine? Uh, so ibogaine is the psychoactive component of an African drug called iboga. Uh, that is supposed to it's not have helping at all. Uh, really interesting stimulant effects when you not quite microdose it, but basically microdose it. And uh, it is an extremely powerful psychedelic when you take full doses of it. And it's been used quite successfully in Germany, I believe, to treat alcoholism and other addiction. Interesting. It's uh, particularly fun for a psychedelic because, unlike most psychedelics, you can redose it and still have full effects. So the uh, the addiction treatment center basically has people stay on an ibogaine trip continuously for like a week and a half. I think. All right, so I'm seeing all this alternately being described as decriminalization and legalization. Uh, uh, what? So what actually is this? I am pretty sure it's decriminalization, and I just oh. typed it out wrong in the outline. Sorry that's about that. That's the good one. Yeah, legalization is the bad one, because that's where they're like, oh, we're going to allow this to be uh, cultivated and sold, but only under our terms. Yeah, um, it, I mean... So it tells you something and not something good about the state of laws in America that decriminalization is like, we're going to keep it illegal on the books and just like not tell our police not to enforce it at all. But legalization is we're actually going to remove the laws banning it from the books. But because this is America and we can't have something be legal without it being regulated and taxed into oblivion, everything that gets legalized gets regulated and taxed into oblivion. Exactly. So decriminalization is what we want for sex work and drugs. Uh, and that sounds I mean, like this ideally is it. we want legalization without the absurd regulation and taxation. But again, this is America we're talking about. I've learned to moderate my expectations. Well, yeah. So actually, when, so when people say decriminalization these days, they're not talking about the thing you said. They're talking about the other thing you said, where it's just they remove the laws against it. Um, when did that happen? That's that's like the past 10 years. Because, yeah, that's what decriminalization used to mean. That Like, that's what people meant when they said decriminalization 10 years ago. But now when they say it, they mean repeal the laws. Okay, cool. But, yeah, so this is the good one. Um, it says Coloradans of age, which I guess means 21. Uh, can have it, ingest it, and cultivate it at home without criminal penalty under state law. I assume no one's allowed to sell it. I would assume so, too, but if they're legalizing cultivation and possession, then that's probably going to be a significant decline in its street price for uh, those who are inclined to sell it. Indeed. Um, 
I'll have to reach out to Jace because I know he uh, he used to grow mushrooms. So maybe he'll uh, he'll start again. Yeah, now I mean, that it's decriminalized. Yeah, I mean, um, it's been decriminalized at the city level for a minute, and that's pretty much all Jace had to worry about because these sorts of things are mostly enforced at the local level. So what? You don't think state cops are going to come break down the door? Nah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, All right, what's our next happy news? Our next happy news is about uh, cancer as well. Uh, So glioblastomas are a type of brain cancer. Uh, They are very fast-growing, and because they're brain cancers, they tend to uh, mess with, you know, the brain, which is fairly important for stuff. Um, some people call it a, uh, a vital organ. Brain make people smart. No, Leela. Brain make people smart. Yeah. Um, and researchers have discovered a protein that is key to the cancer's growth and have also found a way to turn off the section of DNA that makes that protein using gene editing. Hey, more CRISPR! Yay! Uh, yeah, this is preliminary research only done in mice so far. So once again, expect it to be receiving FDA approval in early 2050. Hey, I really hope we have a CRISPR story every episode. That would be cool. Because they are just doing awesome stuff with it. Uh, all right. And what's the final happy news? So the last happy news is a human interest story about a guy in some part of New England, um, uh, Cheektawaga, uh, uh, outside of Buffalo, New York, which is not technically New England, but it's close. Um, Buffalo's New England. No, New York is the is the northernmost part of the of the East Coast to not be New England. What? No, the whole state of New York is New England, I thought. Uh, officially not. Huh. I, I've looked this up uh, previously. Shows or what maybe I'm setting myself up for a David was wrong. <laughs> Actually, uh, you know nope, what? Wikipedia agrees with you. Okay, cool. All right, uh, so anyway, uh, there was a big snowstorm that uh, hit the East Coast. Wes, you may have noticed it. Um, I didn't, actually. All I got was rain. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, it was total um, bullshit. Yeah. I, I wanted the snow. Snow's fun. Rain is not fun at all. I kind of agree, but also snow makes things harder in a way that rain doesn't. Um, anyway, so there was a snowstorm, and during this snowstorm... A fellow named Jay Withy uh, went out in his car. His car broke down, uh, or possibly he just stopped driving because visibility was extremely low. And uh, because it's cold at the time, uh, he ended up breaking into a school uh, to seek shelter. Uh, But not only did he seek shelter in this school, he actually went out to other people's cars who were also stranded and helped them get into the school, helped them get warm. Uh, I think he found some food for them. And then he left a very polite note in the school explaining what (laughs) happened and apologizing for breaking in and stealing their food and blankets. They're calling him Merry Christmas Jay. Yes, because that's how he signed said note. 
Uh, this is literally the best use of a school I've ever heard of. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, good job, Jay. And that's our human interest story for the week. So that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And uh, I guess we'll only get two troops deployed this episode. Um, So David, take it away. Yeah, so before I sat down to record this, I was disassembling a chicken. Uh, per my earlier comments... No way, so was I! Oh, nice. Um, so per my earlier comments, I am in favor of people doing stuff, and that includes myself. And I recently noticed that whole chickens are significantly cheaper per pound than, uh, pre-disassembled chickens. So I bought a chicken with the, uh, determination to learn how to disassemble it myself, and it was actually quite easy and very rewarding. Um, I have a whole bunch of, like, bones and stuff that I wouldn't normally have, so I'm gonna make myself some chicken soup out of that, and I have a whole bunch of meat that did not cost me nearly as much as if I bought it in separate pieces, and, uh, so yeah, I highly recommend that if you are a meat eater and you like... Uh, eating lots of meat, then consider buying whole animals and taking them apart yourself, especially if they're small ones like chickens. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a new experience for me, but so far it's a solid 10 out of 10. Do recommend. All right. Thank you, David. Um, Eniash had something tantalizing here that says laws that force people to protect themselves from the law are bad laws. But I guess we'll have to wait till next episode to to hear what he was talking about. That does seem to be the situation, yes. All right, so my troop deployment this week is that things are good. Say it ain't so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you attended a rationalist solstice this year, you probably noticed that the theme of such gatherings is generally on the darkest day of the year to face the darkness, to confront everything bad about the world and our lives and try to remain hopeful. This is a fine thing to do once a year, but I think we may be doing it too often. I've talked before about how news sources are incentivized to report negative news, but it's not just them. Activist groups tend to be allergic to good news and constantly signal boosting every bad thing that could possibly reinforce their narrative. And even most individuals I know tend to focus on how bad everything is. This is especially stark at New Year's. Instead of celebrating the new year, I see most people bidding good riddance to the old one. And this made sense for 2020 and to some extent 2021. Those are some weird years. But things are mostly back to normal now and things are pretty good. They're not perfect. We're not a glorious post-scarcity transhumanist utopian future yet. But things are better than they've ever been, at least in the United States. Median income is up. Household wealth is up. Unemployment is low. Inflation was bad for a while, but it's falling every month and likely to return to normal soon. Technology keeps improving. Smartphones continue to be the most amazing, life-changing piece of technology of the last 30 years. Computers get faster and more functional every year. Electric cars are selling too fast to stay in stock, and in a few cities, they're driving themselves. Video games are incredible. mRNA vaccines have already changed the world. Uh, and just add CRISPR to that list. Every week we have a new story about CRISPR doing something incredible. So next time you find yourself thinking that the world has gone to hell or whatever, ask yourself this. If you could go back and live in any year in the past that you wanted, which one would you pick? I bet you'd pick this one, because this one is the best. If you don't, it's probably because you forgot what the past was actually like. Maybe spend five minutes actually trying to remember. 
So instead of facing the darkness all the time, how about we try to face the light? Take a W for once. Let's acknowledge how good we have it. It's a lot less trendy to do, but it's more accurate and much more helpful. And if you're one of those people who feels compelled to whine about how terrible everything is, maybe try keeping it to yourself. You're bringing everyone down. I just want to say I would love to take this advice, but unfortunately, good things are illegal in California. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm you're, not in California I anymore. You're in Utah. Yeah, I was in California, though, so. I'm pretty but, sure good yeah. things are mandatory in Utah. They are, in fact, mandatory Th- in Utah. That's like the most cheerful state. Yeah, as soon as I moved here, I was issued a uh, fully automatic belt-fed suppressed submachine gun. <laughs> or a full machine gun. They don't make submachine guns belt fed. Well, all right then. Speaking of good things. Uh, all right. Well, that's our show. It's a short one this week. Like we said, uh, everyone was taking these uh, the end of December off, so nothing happened. Uh, yeah. Except snowstorms, which are boring to talk about. Um, so follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Substack. You'll get early episodes. You'll get bonus episodes. And you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel where you can come yell at Eniosh. And you'll have to listen because it's only subscribers. <laughs> um, and come back in two weeks. Same rat time. Same rat channel. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye from Eniosh.